Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Dime Dropper. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and of course, to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. For tonight's episode, it's going to be a little sum sum. I want to start off by saying I know the Clippers won by a lot tonight. A lot, and I'll get into that briefly, but I didn't catch the game. I'll talk about the Lakers for a second. But first, as you see the title of the video, the World Cup draw happened today. A very important day for a diehard fan of the game like me. That's the, I mean, there is just no question what the best sporting event in the world is. It's not even close. I don't even care if you like soccer, international football. If you're an international fan watching this, guys, and you get mad at me for saying soccer, I'm sorry You know, to you guys right now, but... It's just like force of habit, you know, to differentiate for my American listeners. But anyway, the point is, it's my favorite freaking event ever. It's my favorite event. And USA and Iran, for the first time since 2014, it's not saying much, just the last World Cup, but I've watched, this is going to be my fifth World Cup, and in 2006, USA and Iran, and 2014 were the only two years I was alive that they both, that they both made it, and they've never made it back-to-back times. But this year, USA and Iran are back in the big picture. And today I find out that we got matched up against one another. And England, who if you guys remember from the Euro Cup, I had my boy Super Jack on here from England. My aunt lives in England. That's my next team, them and Belgium. But I, now that Eden Hazard's kind of washed I don't really mess with Belgium the same way, even though I still like them and I'll root for them. But no, I used to like them more than England. That was my team outside of my team, them and Ivory Coast because Didier, and then that became Senegal. But USA and Iran are my home countries. And, you know, I do like England too because my aunt lives there. That's the only place my family's at. And for them all to be in the same group is so brutal. Like, it's so brutal. I heard about World Cup 1998 in France. And how Iran beat the U.S. And it was a really big embarrassment for the U.S. And everything like that. But, man, oh man. It just doesn't get worse. Like, the fact that I have to choose. The fact that they're not, I, don't have to, I don't get to root for USA and Iran for three games. It's so brutal. And so for those wondering, who do I want to win? Well, this is how I look at it, right? Going to the East Coast enlightened me a lot about how Americans really view the beautiful game. And it's not popular. It's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. But most people don't think it's a good sport. They think it's boring. They think it's 11 men or 10 men kicking a ball around. No goals. They don't see the beauty that I see in the game. Because they weren't born with it. They weren't grown up on it. They didn't get uh, raised on it. 
you know, when you have immigrant parents, and a lot of people in Los Angeles have immigrant parents, you're exposed to it at a young age. And I was exposed to the 06 World Cup, and I was exposed to playing with it with the family at, you know, the park and stuff like that. So it's always been in my life next to basketball. And, you know, my parents would be wrong. Like, anywhere else besides, like, I guess, you know, the Dominican or Caribbean, you know, Caribbean areas, you know, you got DR, Cuba, those areas as well. And some areas in Asia, I guess. But South Korea, Japan, all them, you know, they're pretty into it as well. Everywhere in the world, you get my point. Damn near outside of America. And it just sucks. The point is USA doesn't care. I learned over there in the East Coast that the USA does not care that much. Yes, we have our fans, the fans of the sport. But it's not, it doesn't, like, it doesn't matter. When the World Cup comes, a day that the U.S. is playing... The people that know the U.S. is playing are watching. The people that care at all, which is not as much that many, that many people. In all these other countries, the war, the country stops. It's a holiday. The world goes on pause. It's different. It's different levels to this shit. And in Iran, if we make it, if we win one game, the whole country goes ablaze. If the USA win a game, yeah, you walk around and you live your life in America. You don't notice anything. So, of course, I'm going to root for Iran. Of course. Um, it's not a, it's a no-brainer. But, of course, I'm rooting hard for the USA and the other two games. It sucks that England's in our group and I will only get to root for them. And I won't get. I, don't, I want them to lose. Yeah, I want them to have a terrible World Cup. You know, They had their chance in the Euros. That's got to be the mentality of uh, me watching the games. But as for the other groups, guys, I would do a more thorough review but I'm going to wait till we get closer to the World Cup because it's still months and months away. But no true group of death, really. It's just the USA-Iran thing really pissed me off. So just know, by the way, World Cup coverage on this channel is going to be all it is at that time. It sucks that it's not in the summer. It's terrible because I don't want to even think about basketball or football or any other sport being on during the World Cup. Because any And it's not going to matter for this channel. It's only going to be World Cup, whether I don't get any views or not. Like... If you're not watching the World Cup, you're disappointed. You're you're just uh you're missing out. Let's get to the Lakers who played the New Orleans Pelicans in a crucial game tonight. And LeBron James and Anthony Davis saw their returns tonight. And you've got to be happy about that if you're a Laker fan, you know. You got to be happy if you're a Laker fan seeing AD and LeBron back home stretch of the season, you know, to have them potentially in the playing game, if they're lucky enough to make it is huge. Of of course, you know, you don't want to see AD and LeBron uh, and Russell Westbrook, mostly AD and LeBron in a playing situation in a one game situation. But at this rate, who knows? Let's talk about it. New Orleans Pelicans in town, CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram. You already know how it is. Mid range assassins. And boy, are they incredible in that mid range area. You know, I don't think that when Zion comes back, whenever that is, I don't think it's going to be this season. But when Zion does come back next season, I don't think, especially with Valanciunas, who can space the floor as well, I don't even think that spacing is as big a deal um, as you think. I think it's more they need perimeter spacers, shooters. But the guys on the interior having two bigs, it's not a big deal for them because they can stop and pop and hit contested mid-ranges. And they were doing that in abundance tonight. Coming off screens, you know, Avery Bradley and Stanley Johnson were the two guys tasked to guard them for the most part. Avery Bradley on CJ and Stanley Johnson on Ingram. And they both got scored on a good amount. But 
they were still playing hard. They were trying. You know, these guys are going to get theirs. It's hard to guard them. They're the best options they kind of had. Although you can't argue that Avery Bradley, he definitely got too big of a leash. And Austin Reeves didn't see a second on the floor tonight. Neither did Taylor Orton Tucker, which was a very controversial decision decision made by Vogel. And Vogel said it after the game. This was basically a playoff game. This was our rotation. So that means it, after all these weeks, Frank uh, Vogel does not want to play Austin Reeves and THT in the do-or-die game, which is insane to me because Avery Bradley, you know, his offense does not warrant... His defense is not as good as it used to be, for one, because he's older. And also, the NBA has changed. Back in the day, he used to be able to play more one-on-one defense. Now it's constantly putting him through screens. He's a step behind because he's a little bit older. And, you know, at times he's a little bit over-aggressive as well. Guys get into their mid-range area and use their... his momentum against him and step back to create separation when he's leaning. And Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum, especially CJ McCollum, got him on that a couple times. And his offensive, his offense doesn't warrant, his defense doesn't warrant his poor offensive performance is what I'm trying to say. And he played 34 minutes tonight. And here's the thing, I'm being a little picky though because four of five from the field, two of two from three, including a three to cut it down to one late and 10 points in the game. That's pretty good for Avery Bradley. So maybe I'm spending too much time talking about him, but he wasn't perfect guys. I'll just tell you that his stat line does not do him justice. He still had some moments where he was just not great. And it doesn't warrant Austin Reeves not playing a minute for starters. That being said, first quarter, I only caught the end. Uh, I saw Anthony Davis was one for three. Russ off to a tough start again like we've seen so much in 2022. And it was a five-point Pelicans lead after one. Second quarter, Lakers kind of clapped back. LeBron had 15 points in the first half. I thought his defensive energy was a little better. Russ, though, cannot make a jump shot, man. In 2022, he just can't make jump shots. Like, none. It's insane. You know, because at the be- in the beginning of the season, he had that left side bank shot down, despite the fact that he would still get his viral misses. He still made it sometimes. Now... He does not hit any jumpers at all, and people know that. Teams go underneath all the screens, and when he's coming to the paint, guys are you know not up on him, so they're not getting beat. And he's running into traffic, and he can't get off the ground the same way he used to either. Third quarter, again, pretty even. Lakers did not get stops, but I will say this. Overall, Laker defense did look better tonight by virtue of just Anthony Davis being out there. Because now, when you're putting Laker bigs in the pick and roll, you're putting Anthony Davis in the pick and roll when Dwight Howard's not out there. And Dwight only played 22 minutes. We saw a good amount of AD at the five. And for him to play 37 minutes his first game and get a double-double was impressive. You know, was impressive. And you'd be happy to see that if you're a Laker fan. However, he did... It was almost like he didn't miss the day. He got back into the swing of things. He had 23 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. Did not look as good defensively as he normally would. And obviously didn't look as good offensively as he normally would. But he has games like this offensively when he's fully healthy. Where he takes way too long on the catch, which he was doing many times tonight. Constantly waits 3 seconds at least before he starts making his move. Gives the defense a chance to set. Gives your defender a chance to relax. He needs to go watch some film on guys like Kevin Garnett or you know, even great centers, but he takes way too long for one. Secondly, he shoots too many jump shots. Although tonight, he only shot two threes and he made one of them, and one of them was a step back three in the corner in the third, and that was an impressive shot contested over Larry Nance. So I'm happy that Anthony Davis, if you're a Laker fan, I'm happy that you're happy that Anthony Davis did not fall in love with the three ball, but a lot of mid-ranges, a lot of just 
Yeah, he still shot well, but there were just times where a lot of minutes went by and didn't touch the ball, especially in the third quarter when it was a LeBron show. And that's what you know you're kind of seeing more in this in this 2022. After Russ got started getting booed and had this huge slump, he's kind of gone off the ball more, and he's turned the ball over less, and LeBron is just kind of playing LeBron ball now the last three weeks or so or a month. Kind of since slowly since that Knicks game, as he started to score these 50 balls and really go for the scoring title, because I think he's realized that, like, there's not much left in this season. They're not going to win a playoff series. They may not even make the playoffs. They may not even make the play in with this loss tonight. And LeBron in the third quarter had one of his great quarters of the season. He had, like, he had 19 points. He was getting to the basket. He was making threes. He was pushing the ball in transition, getting Malik Monk some points. And the Lakers took a five-point lead. And he was playing defense. He had a nice hustle play He, where he kind of dove into the crowd. <coughs> we kind of dove into the crowd. He was switching everything in the schemes and was doing a pretty good job guarding the ball. And what they have noticed and over the course of LeBron's career overall, honestly, is that he... Has never been great laterally, but he, he knows angles well. He knows players' strengths and weaknesses. Back in the day, he used to be able to just kind of force guys left and, and try to make up the step that he almost intentionally gave him, but knew he was going to be giving them anyway if he played them straight up and got the right hand so, that, so he could block them on the chase down, especially if you don't go up with your left hand, which a lot of people don't. Or try to pin you. if you Yeah, mostly try to pin guys as well. Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, though, he was he even got switched on to Brandon Ingram one time and did a pretty good job, forced him into an air ball. But fourth quarter, it was a one-point game going into the fourth. I also thought that Malik Monk turned the ball over a couple times when, you know, the pass was there, but he just, you know, his passing mechanics, you know, too much bounce or wayward bounce, just not a great pass couple times on fast breaks I thought that he saw AD or LeBron and was like oh it's AD and LeBron let me feed the ball even though he himself is such a great athlete and good in transition where he should have gone up himself maybe get two free throws and I thought that he was fiending the lob sometimes a little too much LeBron or looking for somebody in transition and he had a couple of turnovers tonight three to be exact he still had 13 points, 5 of 11 from the field, and 2 of 5 from 3. He had 34 minutes, which was more than Westbrook because he got in foul trouble. He ended up fouling out of the game, but he did get in foul trouble in that third quarter and did not play a large chunk of it. Huge portion. Almost the whole third quarter he didn't play, Russ. And Malik Monk did a good job with LeBron in that stretch. In that stretch. Fourth quarter, though, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum outplayed anyone on the Lakers, and that's the simple facts. Russell Westbrook had a great fourth quarter, though he started out with two threes in a row. One that Malik Monk created for him, the other one where he was feeling it, shot it quick. Lakers went up by six. Problem is, Lakers, again, turning the ball over way too much. One of the stories of the season, 17 turnovers tonight. And you're not going to win a game a lot of times with 17 turnovers. Russ put the Lakers up 96-90 to with nine minutes to go in the game. This is with LeBron on the bench. It was him and Anthony Davis in the game. And the Lakers kind of hung on to that lead, and then LeBron came back into the game. He had a layup to make it 100-96. to And I remember, I've talked about this statistic before this season. With five minutes left, I'm sorry, with four minutes left in the game, 
In games that LeBron has played, if the score is within five, what does the Lake what is the Lakers record? Well now after tonight, ten and fourteen. Twenty-four games within five points, with four minutes to play with LeBron James, and he has just not been able to close this season. Just not I've mentioned it many times. And it's crazy because he was in rhythm. He was playing a great game. He was efficient. He even shot a heat check from 30 feet, 35 feet damn near that almost went in in the third quarter. He scored when he came back in the game within a minute of coming back in the game to make it 100 to 96. And then directly after that, he sagged off too hard on Herb Jones, I remember. And he hit him in the corner, made it 100 to 98. He overhelped on CJ McCollum when Avery Bradley was in his jersey. But the Lakers, again, still went up by five with five minutes to go. And still, again, I know that's nothing in today's NBA, but I'm just telling you that they had the lead. But Brandon Ingram and Jonas Valanciunas just kept coming at them. And Anthony Davis, when he made this left-handed layup on the drive going going left to make it 106-103 Lakers with about four and a half left, I thought they were probably going to close it out because I just figured they have LeBron and Anthony Davis tonight. LeBron is having a good game. He's going to hit. He hasn't, he hasn't, and he's actually scored a good amount in fourth quarters this year. Not saying that means much because not all of them have been close games. A lot of those fourth quarters have been garbage time. But it hasn't been a thing where LeBron doesn't have many fourth quarter points this year. He has produced in the fourth quarter statistically. So I figured law of averages, whatever, he's going to start making shots one or two at least at the end of the game. CJ McCollum, though, these mid ranges, you know, weaving through screens, snaking them, and then step backs with guys just on his hip because Stanley Johnson and Avery Bradley in the fourth, especially, were trying harder. We're doing a decent job, but these shots were just tough. Just really tough. And you want to put AD in drop coverage because. He's so good at playing both the the roller and the ball handler. And if you let's say you do hedge your blitz, that's gonna put the defense in rotation. And these guys are are, you know, have been knocking down open threes lately, New Orleans. So you don't want to give that up. The shots the Lakers were giving up were tough shots, but Brandon Ingram, CJ, they just kept on, kept on keeping on. One thing that was absolutely terrible, though, was Anthony Davis, or I shouldn't say terrible, but as the game wound down, Anthony Davis started missing jump shots. He missed, one was a floater actually from LeBron, a floater that he hadn't shot all season, this push shot, I'm sorry, not all season, all night, uh, from my memory, unless he shot in the first quarter, the first two shots that I missed. And then he shot an 18-footer and bricked badly off the you know side of the rim. So when it's a bad miss like that, I was like, okay, two-point game. LeBron James needs to be the one to shoot next. Even though Russell Westbrook weirdly had the most points in the fourth quarter for the Lakers, and you just didn't see him shooting down the stretch like that, except for the lob that he got. So by the way, to give you guys, for those that didn't watch the game, there was a tip that Jonas Valanciunas was fighting for the glass, if I'm not mistaken. Anthony Davis fouled him. Jonas made both free throws to put the Pelicans up 112-108 with two, just under two minutes to go. LeBron turned the ball over, and he turned the ball over a lot tonight. LeBron turned the ball over, but they still managed to get a stop. Russell Westbrook was, they they got a stop and got out and ran. Russell Westbrook got fouled, but they did not call it on a lob attempt layup, a layup on a lob attempt. And he did not get back on defense, but CJ bailed the Lakers out by missing a potential dagger wide open mid-range that he missed. And then LeBron went full speed, made a nice pass to Avery Bradley. I think it was Ingram, actually. I'm sorry. 
Oh no, yeah, CJ did miss. And then LeBron went to the basket and got blocked by Brandon Ingram, but he had made a face that he got hit in the face. And he he was slow to get back as well. But the Lakers got lucky again with with oh, you know what happened? The Pelicans waited. They they could have gone early and they had numbers when LeBron was still back the other way, but they wanted to kill clock. Ingram shoot it, shot a contested shot and missed. That's when LeBron kicked it to Avery Bradley in the left corner for an open three that made it a one-point game. Now, then the Lakers make a ridiculous decision of not fouling for five or six seconds at least, and everyone, it seemed, except Ingram and CJ McCollum had touched the ball, and they didn't foul any of them until the ball got to CJ, who obviously made both. I mean, just low, low IQ basketball, and then just when you think maybe they got a chance, LeBron gets two guys in the air with a great, great utilization of pump fakes, and air balls the game-tying shot attempt. I mean, are you kidding me, man? Like, LeBron's definitely the least to blame for this game, but man just cannot close this year. Like, seriously, unless he's really hot. Anthony Davis, you cannot expect him to just close all of a sudden when he hasn't played. I thought Anthony Davis, he gave you what you needed tonight. Yeah, he did the same AD things, but he's only going to get better, I think, as the games go on. Russ, you definitely wanted him to play better in the first half. No question about it. Malik Monk had some turnovers. The team itself had turnovers. So let's read the stat line. Brandon Ingram, 29 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal, and 2 blocks, and yelled LeBrick after the game. You can hear the sound bite. It's crazy. 10 out of 17 from the field. And what I love about him, and someone said it in commentary, I think Billy Mack, Brandon has not made a three in a while. He's dominating from the mid-range area. And Brandon Ingram, even in his first season, remember Laker fans, that was an issue that he couldn't shoot threes. But maybe he's just destined to be more of a mid-range assassin. And that will pay off for him in the long run, I guarantee it. And we could start seeing that in a play, a postseason game this season in the play-in. I just don't know if I want to be the team that plays him, we being the Clippers. Nine of nine from the line as well for B.I., I thought Herb Jones played all right. 12 points, 4 of 9 from the field. He was 1 of 5 from 3, though. JV, solid night. One of the most underrated players in the NBA. 17 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. Has been really solid for a long while now. Good nine, eight or 9 years You know, with Toronto, with Memphis, and now New Orleans. And everywhere he goes, seems like our playoff teams. And New Orleans will be a playing team. 17, 12, and 6 for him. That's 6 assists. 6 of 10 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3, 4 of 5 from the line, and then CJ, my player of the game, 32 points, 12 of 23 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, 4 of 4 from the line, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. He was awesome. For the Lakers, Dwight Howard, yeah, not even relevant, 6 points, didn't really play much. Already said Avery Bradley and Malik Monk, 13 for Monk, 10 for Bradley. Only 4 minutes for Wenyan Gabriel tonight, don't know how much I agree with that. Augustine got 16 minutes. He was okay. He was plus two on the court. I feel like that's his most relevant statistic because he, he was all right. It seemed, like, it seemed like they did win those minutes, so didn't, he just wasn't too involved. Made one three. Missed a three where he shot too quick in the possession, too early in the shot clock. And then, of course, the stars. Russell Westbrook, 5 of 15, only 33% shooting. 2 of 4 from deep, though. Obviously, the, made the last two he shot. 12 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists. You've just seen Russ become less ball dominant as the season's gone on and it's definitely not paid off well for him anthony davis 23 points 12 rebounds six assists those numbers look better than his performance i'll tell you that eight of 17 from the field and a big reason the lakers lost free throws lebron about his season average nine of 12 so you know that you gotta live with it there 
AD, though, 6 of 9, 66%. Even one free throw makes a difference because that means that the Lakers don't uh, need to go for a three on that last possession. And then LeBron, another amazing stat line. 38 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 6 turnovers, though, minus 2, 13 of 23 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3, 9 of 12 from the line, had an amazing third quarter, did not score more than 2 points in the fourth quarter. So Lakers are in real jeopardy now of not even making the play-in. And that would be, an, I mean, this season's already a colossal embarrassment, but that would be another level, man. That would be a blemish on everyone. I don't care if LeBron's averaging 30. Him too. Everyone. Vogel should lose his job. He's going to lose his job. There's no doubt. Russ is going to get traded. AD is super unreliable. You got to start questioning him at this point. And then obviously the role players. By the way, Lakers did not have Melo tonight. And I don't know if they really missed him, to be honest. But... It's, it's an embarrassment, but I don't want to get it too into the Lakers not making it because we're not going to celebrate on dance on their grave until they don't make it. And the reason why I'm dancing on your guys' grave is because you danced on my grave when we lost in 2020. And all the Lakers have done since with Le- LeBron teams, all you do is run their mouths and the media sets them up for failure. So I am going to dance on their graves till LeBron's out of Los Angeles and stops building these super teams every year. And it's just this constant championship pressure. When the Lakers have championship pressure and fail, I'm grilling. You know what I'm saying? And once LeBron leaves... And we don't have all this talk and the LeBron fans and the Laker fans reuniting uh, as one evil empire. Then we'll go back to not disliking the Lakers anymore. And we'll still talk about them and still clown them when they deserve to be clowned. But it's not as fun. Anyway, let's talk about a team that is just unbelievable right now. And that's the LA Clippers. After a disappointing game last night in Chicago that I talked about, check that recap out on all platforms and YouTube. But we didn't have... Reggie Jackson tonight, didn't have Marcus Morris Sr. tonight, obviously no Norman Powell, no Paul George, but the Bucks went load management city as well, top down, and it's like insane, like who wants to watch a game like that though if you don't support those teams, seriously, who wants to watch a game with those players, it's not a good, it's not a good product, it's not good to everybody resting, anyway, 153, I read, yes, you're hearing that correctly, a regular season franchise record, apologies Clipper fans, I will watch this game, because 153 with all those guys I just said out to 119. Insane. 23 for 43 as a team from deep. And the main man having his career night. The guy I you know watched right in front of my eyes do the meet the player a couple weeks ago during the Raptors vlog. Robert Covington. 43 points. 11 of 18 from deep. I would love to know if that 11-3 is a Clipper franchise record for an individual because that is ridiculous. To go along with 8 rebounds, 2 steals, and 3 blocks. And then, I'm looking at the stat line. 23 for Kennard. You'd expect him to have some threes. 3 of 8 from deep. Amir Coffey. 32 points for the Brewmaster. That's insane. And Terrence with 18. But 32, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, and 4 steals, and 0 turnovers for the Brewmaster. 10 of 16 from the field and 5 of 9 from deep. So we are firmly in that 8 spot. Several games below the... Yeah, we're 6 games below the Wolves. So we're not catching them. And then we're 3 games above the Pelicans. 3.5. So we have to be a little cautious. And we do play them one more time this season on Sunday, which I will be in attendance for my last regular season game of the season before I go to the East Coast. Lakers making the play-in is going to be interesting, man. I hope I can find a way to do something if it's a, a crucial situation. I'm in the East Coast because I have to talk about them. By the way, the New York Knicks and the Washington Wizards officially done. The Wizards finishing where I thought they would finish. Not the exact spot, 
but not in the plan along with the Pistons and the Magic. But I'm not going to lie. I was definitely wrong on the Pacers and the Knicks. They are being replaced by the Hornets, who I, I said would have a chance. I had them right outside of it. And then the Cavs, who have been the surprise, one of the surprises of the season. Hornets and the Clippers are both guaranteed playing. Dallas Mavericks, Memphis Grizzlies, Boston Celtics, and Milwaukee Bucks have recently clinched playoff berth. So congratulations to all those teams, even though I despise the Memphis Grizzlies. And the Warriors somehow haven't clinched. I don't know how that works with the Mavericks below them in the standings. But the 10 play-in teams and playoff teams with the East are confirmed. The Atlanta Hawks have secured it. Now, they're likely going to play LaMelo Ball in Charlotte, but there's a three-way tie right now in the East at 40-37 and 37 between the Nets, the Hornets, and the Hawks. So that's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Me personally, I would like to see the Hawks play the Hornets. I think the Hawks would win. I want to see the Hawks win. Trey Young is such a spectacular player, having a great season. And I kind of like that team. So the Cavs also have, have fallen into these play-in spots. And that bodes well for the Nets because Toronto has those uh, strict COVID rules. So Kyrie Irving will not play in a road game there. So if they can play Cleveland in one game, I think the Nets got it, and then they'll play in the first round. However, I would like to see them play against the Sixers in the first round, not the Bucks. We need Bucks and Nets later down the line. Uh, Bucks nets first round is way too good at basketball for the first round. But anyway, we can talk about that as we get closer to the playoffs or later this week since those will be my last lives. Thanks for joining me tonight, guys. A nice 30-minute guy. Now we'll go to the live subscribers waiting no oh so patiently on this Friday night. Thanks, and have a good night.